0: Hey everyone, it's Jamie Joe right here at Madlit Musings Pop, Popcast. It's a popcast today, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, Madlit Musings Podcast. And I have with me Janine Roche. I pronounced that correctly, right? Yes, you did. Okay. <laughs> Very
1: few people do. Good job.
0: Oh, really? Okay. All right. Well, it's, I have this thing where I try and... Before I get on the podcast, verify with the author, even if it's like, you know, Anne Brown, is this how you say it? And then, of course, we were talking for a half hour already, and I forgot to ask. So yeah. <laughs> now you've been around in the book world for a while. Um, you just haven't been on my podcast, and you do have a book um, that's come out the week of June sixth,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: it's coming out with Revel Publishing. But tell our readers a little bit about you the books you've already released, and this book that's coming out. Okay, so I had my first book release a little over three years
1: ago. I just celebrated that anniversary. I have written four romances, um, contemporary romances, that are inspirational and clean, if you're looking for that kind of a romance. And they are all set out west. I'm an Ohioan Um I have found that not a lot of people want to read romances set in Ohio. I'm not sure (laughs) why, but, uh, so these, the, the books I've already written are set out in Montana and Colorado and yeah, they, they came out a couple years ago and my books tend to be on a little bit on the heavier side. So they, they have romance in them, but they have a lot of deep issues. And so with this book, with every memory I'm, I'm a little bit more on the women's fiction side of things than the romance side, but there still is a lot of romance in it. So yeah, With Every Memory comes out June 6th with Revel.
0: Awesome. And so you're kind of like that perfect conglomeration of romance and thought-provoking issues. Yes. Is what well, I'm that's hearing. what I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay. And so With Every Memory you, you obviously said that people don't want to read romances and such in Ohio, which why it's like a destination place, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but is, where is with every moment set? Is that also set out West? Uh, with every memory
1: is Sorry. set in, in Colorado, I actually wrote it when I lived in just North of Denver between, um, okay. like a little bit shy, uh, boulder like mm-hmm. right up against the mountains mm-hmm. and it was the perfect setting for this mm. book because it does have a little bit of a suburban feel that's what the characters are dealing with is, okay. you know when you're going through issues in life and then you have suburbia all giving their opinions on right. it as well Uh so this was the first book that I wrote that is set in that type of town instead of okay. like a small mountain town. Right. And, um, and so it's set out, out there, there's a couple scenes that are very rustic in the mountains, but for the most part, it's a more domestic
0: fiction you okay. know, set in the home set around the school, things like that. Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, I'm going to just read the back cover copy off your website. Um, so that readers can hear what it is. It's called With Every Memory. I'm going to get that Mm -hmm. title right. (laughs) And is this the life she can't remember, one she'd rather forget? One year after her family was in a tragic car accident that killed her teenage son, Lori Mendenhall returns home with a traumatic brain injury that has stolen the last eight years of memories from her. She is shocked to find that the life she was leading before the accident is unrecognizable. Her once loving husband, Michael, is a distant workaholic she isn't sure she can trust. And her once bubbly daughter, Avery, has spent the last year hidden away in her room. For Avery, life stopped when she lost her twin. Now, if she wants to graduate high school, she'll have to accept help from Xander Dixon, her brother's best friend and the boy who relentlessly teased her for years. And if Lori wants to reconnect with her husband, She'll have to grapple with information her brain is trying to keep secret. With every memory that returns, she can't help but wonder if the life she can't remember is one she'd rather forget. Wow, that it sounds intriguing. Sounds so good, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> it sounds delicious. <laughs> Aside from the car accident, which is rather tragic. <laughs> yes, it
1: is. But that happens off the page. Okay. The okay. So, Perfect. So.
0: But, yeah so a little trigger warning on the loss of a child but yes, other than that
1: absolutely absolutely that is something I'm a big fan of sensitivity warnings yes. of books and there is definitely one yeah. if you have lost a child or have dealt with that I would
0: consider just be careful proceed like, cautiously yeah 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 yeah. Cause I'm assuming that's probably really woven throughout the story is also that struggle with grief and reconciliation. Oh yeah. Yeah. And,
1: and, and really Austin, who was the, the child who died, um, they, they were, let me see. I think they were 17 when okay. the accident happened, he and his twin sister, and he was the glue to the family. Mm. You know, we all have that person in our family. Yep. They're the ones that, you know, for our family, it's my son, Brayden, who's 15. Mm -hmm. And if everyone is in a bad mood and they're fighting and no one's in a good mood, he's the one that will come in and say the joke, or he will try to like, you know, mediate something. He's kind of the glue in our family. And that is what Austin was to this family. Mm. And once he's gone, you have these three other people, Lori, Michael, and Avery, who really don't know how to exist yeah. without him keeping their family together. Yeah. And so yeah, it, it does have that the mourning aspect for sure. Um, but a lot of it is is focused on those those relationships that are left. Right. And
0: how to keep those going. Yeah, how to preserve those relationships after tragedy, which is not an uncommon struggle really when you think of tragedy as it strikes then there's a mm-hmm. whole element of different ways of dealing with grief and tension and life change yes yeah okay
1: yeah that was something that really uh I wrote this I think a year after I lost my dad mm-hmm. and I come from a big family mm-hmm. and I think every single one of us dealt with it differently yeah. and you know, for some, it it pulls you towards other people. For some, it pushes you away. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people, you know, stuff it down and try not to deal with it. Other people want to deal with it right out there in the open. Right. And so, yeah, there's a lot of that. You know, you have Michael, who's this well-meaning husband who can't deal with the loss. And so he Mm -hmm. pours all of his time into his job and his work and his clients, which doesn't, that doesn't go well when you're in a family environment and people are relying on you. So right. it causes a lot of issues. Um, yeah. And then it makes Avery regret so much what the last thing she said to her brother mm. and the way that she treated him before he passed away. And, you know, there, it's just a lot. Yeah. Each of these characters is carrying a lot with them.
0: Right. Right. And grief is so difficult to reconcile too. Cause I noticed when my mom passed away, the differences between how various people in my family addressed the grief and it wasn't even just how they addressed it, but at the speed at which it was addressed too. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I found that, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, I'm going on year two and I feel like year two is harder than the first year. And then I was talking to another family member and they were like, what's well, been two years? Like, you know, and they didn't mean it insensitively. It's like to them, it's like, Hey, we've, it's, we've gone through it. She's in a better place. We've healed. She'd want us to move on. Let's go live life. And I'm going, yeah, it's been two years. And they're going, it's two years. And it's yeah. just interesting how that it's not right or wrong. It's just different from person to person.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I I, the last podcast that I recorded was with um, a woman who's also a grief counselor. Mm. And I was like, this family needs grief counseling so bad. (laughs) But I am such a proponent of any kind of therapy or counseling Mm -hmm. in any sense. But especially when once you've lost someone, Mm -hmm. um, it is absolutely essential. And this family is the perfect example of Why that must exist? Because it would have been, it would have been great. Now, I will say that this seems like a really heavy story, Mm -hmm. and that is why I added in the teenage love interest. I like that. Xander makes everything better. (laughs) It's funny (laughs) because he's like an eighteen-year-old kid, right? So it's a little creepy, but it's so funny. And the reviews I've been getting back. Everybody's like, I love him. And I'm like, Of course you do, because he is the guy that I imagined when I was in high
0: school who would have made life (laughs)
1: completely better. You know, like he's like the
0: perfect high school boyfriend. He is the perfect high school boyfriend. And in fact, my
1: editor had to say to me, We need to make him a little less perfect.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, did you give him a little bit of acne on his forehead or something? Yes, well, I'm not yes. changing his personality. So here, how is it?
1: Yeah, like, like I had one scene where, like, like something bad happens to Avery, and instead of him having the perfect answer, I yeah. literally have him just go, "I don't know what to say." <laughs> <laughs> That's his one imperfection, uh, but he's funny and he has a sense of comic relief, and yeah. so it is a it is a heavy book. Yeah. I'm not I'm not de- de- you know detracting from that right one. there right. is some slight moments mm-hmm. um, you know and it's so funny Avery the teenage girl is so snotty sometimes and so funny mm-hmm. that we actually had to like we had to take away some of her imperfections <laughs> There was one point. Oh my goodness. It was, it is still one of my favorite moments I've ever written, but I had to take it out of the book with you now. Okay. So this big thing happens and it, it kind of revolves around a dream that one of her parents had. Okay. And it causes a big argument. And at one point, Avery says she's really mad at her parents, both of them. And it's It's one of those moments. It's kind of a make or break moment for the family. And she says, I had a dream that I was having a baby with Michael B. Jordan, but I didn't wake up and go buy maternity clothes, did I? (laughs) And I thought it was the perfect teenage girl. Oh, it is. And and my editor was like, it's kind of a serious moment. I don't know if, I don't know if your readers would appreciate the joke in there. And I'm like, I would. I would. <laughs> so we left the serious moment in there. And, but I'm thinking if I was a, t- when oh, 100%. I was a teenage girl,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: totally would have made inappropriate jokes in the hardest moments
0: of my life. <laughs> I still do. Unfortunately, people don't even want to go to funerals with me. I was cracking them at my mom's funeral and people were looking at me as though I was just completely shocking. And I'm like, well, it's this or uncontrollable weeping, <laughs> which would you prefer?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Funeral funeral giggles are yes. about the worst thing. Yes. Oh
0: okay. I'll I'll expose myself in full vulnerability to the entire audience and you. I've never told this story publicly, but I have to because this is the perfect setting. I told my friend before my mom's funeral. I almost feel as though I just need to have some, you know, Jack Morgan or Captain Jack or whatever they call it, the rum. I just need to have a <laughs> bottle of rum. My mom's funeral, so I can get through this. I'm joking, right? So we go through the receiving rhyme. I'm standing there, and she comes up, and my friend gives me one of my best friends. She just gives me this big, warm hug, and I kind of feel her, you know, just doing the little pat down that friends do, which is, you know, platonic and fine. She walks away, and then I have to go give the eulogy. So I'm up in front of probably about 300 and some people, and I had written a letter to my mom. So I'm like, it's going to be rough. I get up to read the letter and get about halfway through and I start getting choked up and I can't choke up. I reach into my pocket to get the Kleenex that I had stuffed there. I go to pull it out and I feel something coming with it. And I'm in front of all these people reading a letter, feeling my pocket in my dress. And there is a bottle, a travel size bottle of Captain Morgan rum. And I discover it while I'm giving my mom's eulogy and I snort. <sighs> and everybody thinks I'm like collecting my tears and I have gone from wanting to weep to hysterical laughter wanting to come out because I'm like, I literally pulled the Kleenex and this bottle of rum almost went flying across the stage and I'm like, what <laughs> Made me look like a complete alcoholic at my mom's yeah, funeral. They would have set up an intervention. Oh for my goodness. Yes. Meeting, yes. Like... yes. It was so funny. My friend, my friend Tracy, she knew everything that was going on. I am outing her here too. Um, <laughs> and she was in the audience and she's like busting up laughing. <laughs> and this is my mom's funeral. <laughs> and my husband yeah. afterwards was like, What, what was going on? And he's like, I couldn't tell if you were going to cry or laugh. And I'm like, Oh man, I said I was going to laugh. And then all of a sudden I got a vision of my mom seeing the whole thing happen and her little mischievous snicker and it just turned the funeral into a complete joy it was so weird but funny
1: yeah well and to add to that when you first started saying the Captain Jack Morgan whatever yeah. I totally pictured Johnny Depp as yes. Captain Jack Sparrow I know and I was like wow she needed Captain Jack Sparrow with her who doesn't <laughs> the, the whole time that you're telling this story, all I can picture is you standing up giving a eulogy with Johnny
0: Depp <laughs> in character in
1: standing my... next to you.
0: Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Well, I know I'm sitting here talking. I'm like, I don't know what's what's the rum called? <laughs> is it Captain Jack, or is that a different thing? Is that whiskey? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's Captain Morgan, but whatever doesn't matter. It was in my pocket, and it almost came flying across the stage at my mom's funeral. That was really funny. Are you enjoying today's broadcast with our featured author? You can find out more about them and other authors from Baker Publishing Group at bakerbookhouse.com. Use code MADLIT40 for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title at bakerbookhouse.com. This also includes Ravel and Bethany House Publishing. Go over fast. It's MADLIT40. That's your magic code for 40% off any one Baker Publishing Group title. So now that we've completely made light of funerals and grief in a completely different way that we never expected. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like (laughs) back to your book, it sounds like your lead character, the mother Lori has, okay. Her traumatic brain injury is not associated with her son's accident. Correct it happened in the accident. so She almost almost died
1: in the accident. Um, And so she is just now coming back home. Okay. It's been about 11 months and she's now coming home and she's kind of an unreliable narrator where she thinks she remembers things about her family, but she's remembering things about her family from eight years before, not the way that things were leading up to the accident. Okay. And so she is, she's going through like this new period of mourning um, where she's having to get to know who her son was, who her daughter has become, mm-hmm. who her husband has become, because what she remembers is her husband was this adoring, romantic, mm. very, you know, attentive husband who was like the high school accounting teacher. Okay. And now he's a rich, sophisticated, Well, you know, wealth management Mm. owner Mm -hmm. who works 18 hours a day and is distant and has a very attractive woman working for him. And she's like, what is my life? She went from living in this, like we were talking earlier before the podcast, living in this tiny little cottage Yeah, You know, very small, bursting at the seams, but it's your home and you love it. Mm -hmm. And now she's in this gorgeous, newly built home in the mountains that has no personality. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's just a completely different life for her and throughout the book she's getting her memories back and learning a little bit about who even she had become Mm -hmm. leading up to the accident. She Mm -hmm. had always been this wonderful mother, wife, friend, happy to stay home, happy to give her entire being to the people around her. And now she's realizing that maybe, maybe she wasn't as, um, those gifts weren't as appreciated as she wanted them to be right. Uh, You can totally see me and some of the struggles that I've dealt with in Lori. I wrote this book at a time when I had just gone back to work after being a stay-at-home mom for 10 years and going through that transition of for 10 years, my entire purpose was to make sure that my family was happy and healthy And, yeah. and now what, you know, I was thinking, okay, well, is it time for my dreams yet? Mm-hmm. When do I get to start doing the things that I feel called to do that right. may or may not involve my family? yeah And so that is what Lori is starting to figure out is if she's now getting a second chance to mm-hmm. become Lori Mendenhall. Yeah. Is she going to take the same path that she had taken, mm. you know, in the years prior or not? So, yeah. it was, and then of course that all has, that all has, you know, consequences, right? When you make a decision for yourself and you're in a family, it's going to affect other people. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what you see in this story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. And that makes a lot of sense. And it's kind of an interesting parallel because you think about the grief journey again And you do become a different person after that. Mm -hmm. And then you throw in lost memories and things. And and I think that's an interesting parallel to really show that stark before and after. Yes. Situation and and how faith works into that and and hope. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that's cool. So speaking of faith and hope, I'm assuming there's an element of faith and hope in your book. Yes,
1: there is. It is not as faith forward as Mm -hmm. some of my books in the past. Um, This is more a couple of characters who have had various forms of involvement in their, you know, Mm -hmm. Lori and Austin were avid churchgoers. And that was a very big thing. Um, Avery and Michael went because their family wanted them to go. And you start seeing how each of those changes a little bit. You know, Lori is now looking at her life and going, what was all my faithfulness? Right. You know? Yeah. And then you have Avery, who's just now actually giving her faith the time of day and considering that. And then, you know, of course, there's the whole aspect of having hope When everything else in your life seems to be falling apart, still being able to find that hope to carry on that one more day, Mm -hmm. this believing that things will get better, believing that, um, you know, you have people around you who care about you, you have God who cares about you. And so you get to see that again, it's not as um, forward and Mm -hmm. upfront as Mm -hmm. it has been in some of my other stories, but
0: it's there. Well, and sometimes that quiet journey is even more effective because it's relatable. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't know that I've lived a life where my faith is, my faith is a part of it, but I mean, it, it, the answers don't necessarily come forward very easily. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that quiet journey and that walk where as you struggle through things that is very relatable in fiction mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. It's awesome.
1: And I do think that a lot of times, uh, people who have been living a life of faith, yeah. Sometimes we don't get to see characters that look like ourselves going through struggles. You know, mm-hmm. we, we see the, the people who, you know, maybe have yet to give their life to Christ. Like right. they, we get to see them go through that journey, but mm-hmm. you know, I became a Christian when I was, I think 16 and okay. I've been through a whole, I hadn't been through anything.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> no joke oh my
1: goodness so yes I think there there needs to be a lot more stories written towards people like me who who you know we have we have the faith we go to the church and we're Mm -hmm. going what is going on in life yeah
0: yeah this (laughs) is not what I was banking on (laughs) yes yes oh yeah (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, this is great. I'm really excited about this book. I'm excited about um, another great story that's going to challenge people in their faith, but also hopefully encourage them too, which I think Mm -hmm. is well needed during these times. So how do readers find out more about you and about your past books that have come out as well?
1: Uh, well, you can always go to my website, JanineRochet.com, Um, or you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. I am on TikTok, but I don't like being on TikTok. <laughs> and you can tell when you go there and you see I've posted like five videos and that oh well hey, you might be a little bit ahead of me then. <laughs> but yeah, that is my goal is to start, you know, that's that's what we hear all the time as authors. You gotta be on TikTok. And- I know. Yeah. For somebody who is not good at dancing.
0: I know. I feel like you have to have a dance degree or dance certification or whatever it is.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh goodness. So, um, yeah, but you can find me on pretty much all the social media angles. I, you know, this is, this is a topic where I've dealt with, um, struggling marriages in Mm. my books in the past. And that's something I've gotten a lot of emails about just because it, it, it is a very tender subject and this book is different. It, it's, it's a tough subject to deal with. And so I'm always open to receiving emails from people who are going through something similar. Um, Yeah. I'm always happy to connect with,
0: with my fans and my readers. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and just as a reminder to readers who are listening or watching that the book you want to go get right now is called with every memory by janine roche and it's published by revel publishing yeah thank you so much for having me thanks for being here Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Mad Lit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at JamieWrightbooks.com.